What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport. Here with Earl, two two time co author of the year. <laughs> Earl Kunkel. That's a nice title. But <laughs> we have Dane Miller here. Second most state champs coach at Garage Strength, <laughs> right behind Trevor. Wait, you may even be third. There's no chance. Well, the team of three down there, Jake, Legend, and uh Taman. Uh, no, no, no. How many state champs I have in other states? No, not even their state champs. They're they have more uh all, all state, state players than you now, too. You're like the third best coach I mean, at this it's, point. It's it's okay. All that really matters is the national awards. So like when you get somebody who's like national player of the year, that's all that really matters. All right, all right. <laughs> that one's good, but I'm gonna go with quantity over quality here. <laughs> they're, they're producing studs as well. For those of you that don't know, there's a lot of incredibly talented coaches in this place. Now, of course, they did learn from Dane, so maybe I'll give them like number one coach of coaches. <laughs> but all right, no, oh, don't forget June fourth, we're gonna have an on-site seminar at Garage Strength. Speaking of coaching coaches, oh wow, <laughs> heads up, everybody. I mean, technically me, because I train Jr. too. Uh, I don't know this story. No, mainly me. So, the player of the year, I assume, their team lost in a game, right, in the playoffs. Uh, what does that have to do with me with, a, with, a, <laughs> with strategy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they lost to uh, Exeter. Mifflin lost to Exeter. But you coach people on that team too, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I don't know if he has it. Well, he no, he has a uh, oh, what's that kid? Sam. He does have one. Yeah, he does have that kid's ex, that kid's solid too. Ex, yeah, I'd say it's one to one. There's a yeah. there's a lot of talent in this area that comes through here and doesn't all go to the same public high school. But then they all go to the same public university. Yeah, <laughs> they'll they'll come together. Dane, who's your favorite comic book character and why? Evie. From V for Vendetta. Ooh. Um, Is that the one Natalie Portman plays? Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably because I, th I, I, I think just because it's such a real character, like the whole time you can feel what she's, what she's expressing and how, what she's writing throughout the book and how she's handling different situations. Um. It's like totally normal. Man, you must have really took that challenge personal when I said you were going to come across so normie with your response. Well, I the, the thing is is like <laughs> I was trying to think of uh I, the the best comic books that I've probably read were like uh what's the one was like DMZ and, and dude, I haven't read to Oh, that's a Vertigo title, isn't it? Yeah, that to be a you know I, I hadn't read that I haven't read that series in probably like a decade. I, I read the whole thing when yeah. it first came out. No um, preacher. You yeah. Pre uh, um, and the other one was Why the Last Man, but I couldn't remember that guy's yeah name. I haven't read that one. That's really. I'm good. more like Grant Morrison's Invisibles. Yeah. See, I don't know any of that. Yeah. But and and like for me, I mean, I mean, like pop for me, it's like pop stuff. Like V for Vendetta is like I think one of the best graphic novels because it's just like uh 
that's the style of books I like. Yeah. Like no. I like po- political political commentary that really challenges you and it doesn't just like someone someone reads V for Vendetta and then they they might walk away and be like they might feel like uh like they they might come away as like this libertarian. They might feel that way and then they then they read it again and then they're like, "Well, shit, man." Like they start to think about things even deeper. Right. And think that that's why I like her well, and they're joining unions and they're anarchists yeah, or something like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. I think I think with uh with her I also dude, I actually wanted to name like Seneca, it came down to she was gonna be named Seneca or Evie and Caitlin was like I told her why I, I liked the name and why I liked her character and who she was in the in the in the book and in the movie. But it's also like I think one of the best movies that was a book where like, yes, it was slightly different, but it, it was the movie was slightly different from the book V for Vendetta. But as a standalone movie, it's really good. And as a standalone book, it's really good. Yeah, it is. Sorry for no, I'm letting you talk, make it happen. I feel like mine's lame. My big one. I like, uh, there's this comic called Hillbilly. It's the same creator of uh, The Goon. Yeah. Uh, Eric Powell. And it's this character, Rondell. And it's essentially just like Appalachian folktale type thing. Okay. And Rondell's blind and he goes hunting witches. But it has like this these fantasy elements to yeah. it. But with like this Americana twist. And Rondell's just a cool character. Like he, like he has like a, essentially his dog is a bear. <laughs> and like he has this big old top hat and yeah. he uses like a meat cleaver like as his weapon it's just i don't know it's good i almost i don't know if, if you've have you ever seen last of the mohicans uh-huh so there's like a scene where they actually like stumble upon like a like a family had like a little house and stuff yeah and when the guys it's like that to a t like yeah appalachia freaking cleavers and shit yeah. it's like and you can it, it's cool yeah. my favorite story uh, the one thinks uh well there's one where he like ends up tripping on something that's cool visually the way the artist does it but there's another one where he tells this story about a violin and like they go to like the you know a dance type of thing and yeah. the violin is actually like vampiric and like sucks their souls out uh, and is like evil yeah and he has to go in and like destroy the like violin user and maker because yeah. of the demon stuff it, but it's just cool. So they almost like they almost pass demons through the string creation or whatever. in that one. Yeah, yeah. it's just a cool. Li- it's like a play on like, you know, the Pied Piper too a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, evil twist just more towards adults and yeah. has like I haven't read it in a bit, but I remember that story. I'm like, this is so good. Like, it's cool. I mean, even that there's like there's to me. I mean, uh, this might be me reading way too deep into stuff like that but i mean also artists will usually say like dude read it the way you want to read it right but when i mean i i even see like how you describe that the violin it's like uh music how music can control people yeah and all different emotional spectrums right including you know the first thought that i had was like hitler playing wagner back in the day to like control the fucking german population yeah man music's crazy right yeah 
It's extremely powerful. Very powerful. Universal language, right? It's yes. like the tongue of Babel, if you will. Yeah. Here we go. We can speak to all. <laughs> you know, I had someone <laughs> once, and I find this funny. They were talking about, this person was talking about illiteracy. And I was, you know, maybe being a little bit of an iconoclast, saying, like, illiteracy looks different now. Because technology is caught up to a point where, like, reading can re you can get through the world without reading. without reading yeah like you can go online and you can hit the mic and the computer will turn it into words but or the computer just understands what you're saying the mobile look at device knows what you're doing yeah it can translate it you can go on a site you can look at thumbnails and figure out what's going on like there's other ways to communicate and these other skills the technology is being democracy like throughout everyone's getting access to it so these skills are coming too and sh i was like arguing this and this person says uh yeah it must really be y you're just defending illiteracy and i'm like well there's literacy in different ways anyway i started thinking talking about music so my oldest daughter has been playing piano yeah. since she was young young and her teacher was phenomenal like great music teacher he would sing all the time when he hit the notes so my daughter at, at this point now music plays she can play the melody she can also pretty much tell you what key it's in right so i i, I won't go so far as say perfect pitch but she's but it's close it. yeah to the point where she has made comments to me she doesn't like it when other people sing because she can tell how out of tune they are yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm thinking like how many people in the world don't have that skill dude I'll, probably 95 percent right world. and now imagine going around thinking because someone can't sing like somehow we should think of them differently yeah if somebody can't sing they're illiterate yeah they're and it, it's almost the way like our minds are shaped if you will yeah by the way we went to school and taught what was the right way yeah, to learn yeah, and express that, that intelligence that's very accurate i mean i think that's i think it's apparent yeah. And I think the I think the hard part with that is like, okay, so you know, you you're sending your kids to public school, my kids yeah. are going to school. How do you how do you as a parent want them to learn, you know, want them to learn something that you know, what the the critic so we're basically criticizing the institution, but then we're also partaking. Yeah. So it's like how do you how do you get a child, you put them through that institution, that structure. Right. That you're sort of negatively speaking, but how do you handle that then? You got to learn the rules to break them. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best way to put right. it. That's, a, that's you have to learn how to navigate like institutions within society, and like that's yeah, one of the first places you learn how to navigate. Yeah, and, and institutions aren't necessarily bad. They're, right. They're they're actually good, and they're in place for good reason. But they're also they also need to be expanded or contracted yeah. depending upon what's happening. Like nothing's perfect. Yeah, nothing is perfect. Like I get it. As all this bad except we're talking, for my cat Pikachu, we could <laughs> 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 we could talk about all, all like the good stuff about an institution as well. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no. If you're in the U.S. and you criticize an institution. Then you better move out of this country and go somewhere else. Because <laughs> yeah, that means that you don't think there's anything good about it. No, I, I think always love that. Good. Like, yeah. Dude, just because I'm being a 
critical jackass like doesn't mean like i don't think it's a good thing yeah like, i'm still allowed to try and get it better it, it would be like oh hey i showed up today i ran a, a five flat 40 i should be the starting running back <laughs> yeah exactly and no one should tell you hey well really no you need to be faster yeah like, it, right right come on you got to take the criticism especially when it's constructive and delivered like in a way yeah anyway in what way? How do you deliver it? I don't know. How do we transition this? Could we use a transient method to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's that uh if you think about the the speed institutions, it's it like comes down to uh talking, you know, specifically about how to get faster as an athlete. It comes down to like there's like specific ways. Like it, you you do speed ladder, you run hundreds, um you run fifth you run 50s or 40s and then that's speed yeah and so to transition it would be to me is like that institution of speed knowledge it's dude i think in the realm and the reason why i'm going to bring this up is that uh, so there's a great coach les spellman does speed speed work okay nothing he does is extraordinary like except for the fact that he's very good at instructing and very good at um, breaking down someone's movement. Like, like, it, like he's not, but he's he's not crazy, crazy good at it. It's just the speed institution has been so poorly developed outside of track and field uh-huh. that it's like, it's dude, it's probably twenty five years behind behind like strength, like strictly strength. If you looked at like how to get somebody to back squat X weight or whatever. Like right. everything has been put into that. And there's been such poorly, like such poor development in the world of speed. It's crazy. speed. So to anyone who's been listening to like past episodes, we brought up this idea we've been developing about transient speed. And I yeah. think that's what you're getting into. I hear yes. like, all right, we know how to be fast running. Yeah. But how do we get someone to be fast? Like in all other aspects where speed is needed. And my mind automatically goes to the image of watching a wrestler run. Like, yeah, doing yeah, their yeah, long, yeah. slow distance. Yeah, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, they just look awkward. Aw- yeah, it doesn't look like they, they look like hobbits doing. running. Yeah, it just heel strike silly. hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy arm swinging. And you're like, you're like, this person's athletic type of thing. Like, yeah. And then you watch them on a mat and you're amazed. Then you're like, what? How do they do this? With the speed. <laughs> That's shown. Yeah. Like, oh, they went for that leg. They got there. How did they just get into that position like that? How'd they change levels so fast? And, you right. know, this and that. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. And it it's clearly speed incarnate, right? Like, right. there it is. Or even something maybe a little bit more reasonable with running. Like, Barry Sanders. I always remember Barry Sanders kind of getting run down towards the end. Right. But, man, try to but catch. through the first 20. Yeah, try to catch that man within, like, a five yards, like he'd yeah. give you a box, like five by five, and he'd be like, "Try to touch me." Right, right. And it would never happen. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, how do we, how do we go about that concept, like the transient speed? It circles around being fast, but it's not just running. So, like, besides wrestling and Barry Sanders, like his agility, speed. right? That's like always my go-to. Yeah, you got any <laughs> other examples, Dane? Um. I, yeah, yeah. So examples with that to me would be, and, and I'm, I'm, 
yeah, we just we shot a basketball video this morning. So it was like it's sort of easy. Uh, ja Morant, uh, you know, a NBA guy. And it's like you watch him sort of like like I always say, like breaking ankles. Uh-huh. And it's like you see someone moving where their head's moving, their trunk's more controlled. And then at the at the drop of a hat or the drop of a dime, whatever you want to call it, they can cut steep shin angle and accelerate extremely quick. So, you know, another example could be, um, you know, so if that if that was basketball, I even think uh, and, and, and typically it's almost always going to be in open skilled sports. But even if you watch a thrower, there's some throwers that you okay. see and you're like, holy cow, that dude was inside of an eight foot circle and looked like you can't a blur literally looks like a blur rotating and i think that that's another form it's a little bit more specific but um you know uh, i think it's it's too with with really really good linebackers um you might see them like sort of just prowling and then all of a sudden the hole opens up and they hit the hole because they know that they you know they've they've studied the offense that they're going against and they know that's where the play is going to go and they make the play so it's all like that zero step to step five where you're going right. to see this type of like it's it's not it's not speed per se as as we think about it and that's why i think it is transient speed because it carries from that football patterning you know think about an offensive like a guard someone like quentin nelson who's got maybe he's not the best pass blocker but he's a very good run blocker and his first step is so quick and, and and then you move that and you compare it to Kyrie Irving and and now all of a sudden you've got you can see how it transfers. To yeah, how sports. they all like connect to one another. Dude, even ice hockey, it's like you watch you you go to a game and you sit next to the ice and you're like, how are they moving this quickly after they literally just slammed on the brakes? Yeah, and it's like that's where they it, yeah, it's like all these guys all, or all these athletes sort of you can see it carry around. All right, I'm gonna try to throw a little curveball here would you actually um coming out of the batter's box making a play well that's where i was going baseball what about something like bat speed because or even (sighs) striking speed from an mma fighter is there transient elements in that i think there's transient elements elements in the fact that there's aspects to train that speed yes and i think it's slight i think what we were referring to i think this would be more like rotational um i actually would it's like hip um yeah that's a tough one because i i think there's elements i think it's like a subcategory though okay so it's like you know i'm into death metal it's like Doom death, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like death, yeah, symphonic I mean, death, exactly. It fits in there somewhere, yeah. Because the reason I, I ask that is because they seem more like upper body, yeah. And it, it seems a lot of times we divorce speed if it's not dealt with in the legs. Yeah, I think actually I was just thinking about Ad, uh, Israel Adesanya, uh, who's a, fu- a UFC fighter, and so he's a very good kickboxer. Okay. And I was just thinking, as you were sort of describing that, it's it's not everybody knows he's fast, but it's not it's not that like, it, I mean he is in and out. It's it's not the the speed that we were discussing. Yeah, it's 
leg, you know, like shin kick, shin kick, shin kick, shin kick until you get so banged up that now you start favoring that back leg and letting down your guard. It's shin kick, you know, uh, some body shots, shin kick, body shots, shin kick, headshot, you're out cold. Like that that uh, ability and, and, you know, you watch him, he knows his speed and he knows how quickly he can strike and how well he moves. I guess it is. It is. But still, I'm, I know I'm. You're thinking, thinking through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would still be a subcategory. All right. It's obviously still, still speed. In there. Yeah. yeah. It's still speed related. All right. And I think that that's where um, that has to be. The, the transient speed is over over top. Yeah. And, and I think when you see, um, you know, someone like Adesanya move, you're like, wow, he's so fast. Uh-huh. But is he Usain Bolt? Or is he Barry Sanders? Or is he, or even to the point where a little bit longer, I you know, a hurdler like Carson Warholm was a four hundred meter hurdler. It's like, well, you know, he's fast too. But there's so you know, yeah, you know, they, and there's, it's like this speed thing is so much bigger than what we've even tapped exactly. into. Exactly, and I think that's where we're trying to go with transient. Like the idea of transient is yeah. like it's bigger than just running. Running. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than just straight locomotion. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, especially when you talk about like non-locomotive sports. Uh, yeah, like a like discus. Yeah. Or weightlifting, pulling under yeah, the ball. Yeah, exactly. Like essentially, your speed is measured how well you can change levels. Yep. Like yes. That's the idea of it. Yeah, it's it's funny you said that actually, because I I was complaining about this is a little bit off tangent, but speed related. I was complaining about this to Taman that that where I think people miss the boat with speed is that and with weightlifting is that if you catch a clean and I might have even said this to you before. If you catch a clean, let's say you catch a clean at 95 percent of your max. It's really heavy. Right. And it might only be a, a weight that you can front squat for, say, four or five reps, four reps. You know, if you're Jake, two reps. And it's like but you catch it. And because you catch it. And there's a stretch shortening cycle and you come out of the bottom, you come out of the bottom at like one to 1.2 meters per second, which is really, really fast for that heavy of a weight. It's absurdly fast. And that carries over to then these other sports. And that's why there's a benefit to like technical coordination movements, because your body learns how to change your hip level quickly enough to absorb energy. And then you're tricking your body to use that that um skill then to accelerate a really heavy weight really quickly you know what's awesome how i feel like you have like a this precog ability because that's what i wanted to talk about next training transient speed and the first question i had for you yeah had to do with technical coordination movements and their transfer shit wow you're, you're really fast <laughs> 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 okay so i i think like uh yeah, I think that's a really important skill because I I, I also think that uh, it trains co-contractions in your knee and and in your hip if you're using uh, these movements. And we have to remember that co-contractions create – they eliminate noise in joints, so they create stability. And when you create stability, even for a very point three, you know, thousandths of a seconds or whatever – it helps. Yeah, it helps drastically, especially at elite levels. Yeah, when you need it's, a point 
0.03 second edge. It's crazy. So it's like if you're doing technical coordination movements, you're doing a power snatch, or, or, or let's just say this. Let's say using a two-box snatch. Okay, you do a two-box snatch, and let's say um, you have 100 kilos on, and, and you're a shot putter, and you do a 100-kilo power snatch. You're moving that at 2.5 meters per second, which is really quick, but it's also coming under rotating and now you're creating that co-contraction in your shoulder um dude it it's like it it tra- it trains that important skill that co-contraction leads to uh greater force absorption greater deceleration of the of the load um greater uh, uh use of the stretch shortening cycle which is another skill that you have to train um and so that leads to uh, mastering these things that then happen when you're in a situation like using the Barry Sanders situation uh, discussion where uh, and this goes back to uh, central pattern generators being the key factor behind agility and and your reflexes so it's like training all those things is just leading to teaching your body that it's okay to move this quickly right and and it's 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 you're you're tricking your body into understanding that look even though the gto says this the muscle spindles say this and that means yeah. it's okay so uh gto right that's the gold uh, golgi 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 yeah. tendon organ goldfish yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Nah, I, yeah all right one thing you said in there too with the co-contractions with the hips my mind automatically went back to the upper body stuff. I, I thought bat speed. I thought yeah, the striking yep. and all that again. And yep. it was just like, oh, there we go. Like, there's a reason for it there, like this transfer we see. What about reflexive strength movements? I think, uh, yeah, that was where I was trying to go with, yeah. with that. Was that, uh, okay, so if, if you, there's like two specific ones that I'll steal from Franz Bosch. And then there's a third one that, that's more related to walking. And it's it, the third one is like, it's like something lame. The title's like Reflex B or Walking Reflex B or something. <laughs> like they could have come up with a much better uh, name. Their for advertisement it. and marketing department was terrible. To get a hold of it. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> and so, um, if you train the stumble reflex or you train the cross extensor reflex, so these are two reflexes related to running speed. Um. If you train those in the weight room at high speeds, you know, let's say four to six meters per second. uh, And the one example I'll use is dropping a dumbbell, catching it and doing a dumbbell snatch into a forward lunge or something. So these movements, again, you are you're cognitively training something that teaches your body how to use these reflexes. Because when you're in a, let's say, a tennis match and someone, Serena Williams, is serving to you, you're actually... Man, I am done for. Yeah, you're toast. You're <laughs> completely toast. Like Even if she was nine months pregnant at the time, I'd be, be toast. S- I, I get destroyed. Yeah, easily. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even be a contest. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, they had a really funny uh, commercial with Peyton Manning and Serena Williams at the Super Bowl. I, I thought that was a pretty good commercial. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, it, it's a whole nother. It was okay. just, it was like Peyton Manning destroying everybody in bowling. Uh-huh. And then like the door slammed and you just hear this like, 
and then like this dramatic music played and it was Serena Williams <laughs> and like Peyton Manning turns around and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Nice. <laughs> Going back to the, if you're training re reflexive movements in the weight room, you're training them. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a loop, there's a feedback loop. Okay. So the, your, your, your brain is processing what it sees and sending that to, uh, to like you, you see a, a signal go to your brain and then comes back to your muscles. Right. And when, but the thing is, it goes back to the skill of the cross extensor reflex or the stumble reflex and mastering those in training and teaching your body to, that's okay to do it at faster rates. It's okay to do it with higher loads. It's okay to do it on different angles. It's okay to do these reflexive movement patterns. Uh, that trick your body to use co-contractions and all this stuff uh, so that when you get into a uh, competitive situation and on you, the field on, on the that. field yeah, yeah. or you on gotta the, win now yeah you, you have to win and your body doesn't have the original signal it's there's no sensory feedback there's no like oh man here's a linebacker I have to cut it literally is just happening because it happens so quickly you you place like you just make that cut based off of that prior training. So it's like a hard concept to understand, but it's what happens. And this, that goes back to the transient speed and it goes back to training the reflexes. Um, and that also is the sense that's goes back to the, C the CPGs are solely s what's essentially responsible for those reflexive movements. And there's a lot more research now on CPGs. Not a ton, but there's more and more coming out related to this type of. This is wh where the white coats are going to start filtering into the into the sports world. Yeah, yeah, because they're doing a lot of good research for things like um, your ten-year prediction you keep making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be more like five because like information is going to spread even faster. But yeah, and, and I think too if if you. Especially if you keep reading and saying it, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I think I think uh, we'll brag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think too. You'll see that, dude. The a lot of this research comes out of um, neurological disorders. Oh wow! And and uh, muscular disorders and um, things of that nature. There's not a ton of money in that research, but there's enough that people are learning like these hidden things that we didn't know and we won't know entirely how this, I mean, it's just like the gut research that we're seeing coming out. There's so much research in the gut and in the nervous system that's now starting to come out that people used to think like when the Russians would talk about some of the dude, when the Russians used to talk about satellite cells, people thought it was fake. Like this is back in the sixties and seventies. Uh, it's kind of like that guy who they, uh, put in a sane, uh, sane asylum because he said you should wash your hands before doing surgery. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. that same type it's of same, thing. Yeah, and, and normies don't do well with people who figure things out. Right, and the satellite cells they used to. So the Russians call them like mutant fibers because they didn't <laughs> That's know such what a they cool were. name. Yeah, they had no idea what was going on. I'm just on. picturing the Toxic Avenger now for some <laughs> <Yeah>. reason. <laughs> and then they, and everybody like in the Western world's like, oh, these guys are crazy, and then you know. <laughs> 2020 judy anderson releases the yeah. studies on freaking sturgeon and and satellite cells and now we have understanding of all the stuff that i'm into right now which is yeah cialis 
and um, not Viagra as much, but more so Cialis and the generic version of Cialis, uh, essentially Tadalafil, stimulating satellite cells, which leads to more lean muscle mass and, and more muscular wow. growth. And this is all going back to, the only reason I'm bringing this up is it all goes back to the the comprehension of uh, neurological um, neurological disorders and muscular disorders and the research that comes out of those areas are going to have a huge impact on sports performance. I don't know about all the other listeners, but right now I heard Viagra and I couldn't stop picturing a blue pill. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I was like, "Wait, what?" The interesting thing with Viagra that I've been reading is that the because this the half-life is so much shorter, it's only like three and a half hours. Uh-huh. Cialis uh call your doctor. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Cialis is like 18 hours. Wow. So it's much longer you have to have a little bit higher of a dose, but it's much it's, and this is also related to there's research as well with hypertension. So cardiovascular disease and smooth, smooth muscle fibers and what's happening from these, these other, um, Dane, you're going straight scientists right now. That's cause I've been reading, dude, I've just been reading. So it's actually Trevor's fault. I'm going to, um, I'm going to blame uh, Jason and me for making fun of you for not reading. And Homer too, he. I remember when he would make fun of you about you like, oh, you need someone to read that to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you took it personal. You're like, I'll show you all. Yeah, I will prove you wrong, you big <laughs> jerks, you butthead. Don't bully me. <laughs> all right. Absolute strength. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Plyometrics. Yeah, absolutely. Plyometrics are almost a given, right? Yeah, yeah. I I actually think this too. I can't get past this, and maybe you can help me. I'm going to try. If I have my athletes in here, cleaning 360, you know, kid weighs 220, right? Cleans 360. He's in high school. Cleans 360, benches 400 pounds, single leg squats 400 pounds. Can do, we do single leg hop, or hurdle hops, stair jumps. Uh, we do reflexive work. And then I go up against this other guy who's supposed to be the world's best, and he does all this reflexive work. And he does, you know, speed stuff, and but he doesn't like absolute strength. I will never. Well, I can't say never. The dude who's doing the ex, the extra absolute strength work is going to ruin the kid over here who's not. Well, they're gonna find out when they end up on the same field at some point. Because yeah, okay, fair enough. And it also goes back to there's so much research behind. Absolute strength work is it increases there's so it's hypertrophy is a bit easier because of the eccentric uh, loading and the release of nitric oxide that now your your muscles gain size. And then when you're doing the plyometrics and when you're doing the technical coordination and when you're doing the reflexive work, you enhance the innervation of this bigger muscle. So if this bigger muscle is firing more powerfully, the dude who doesn't have bigger muscles yeah. is going to get ruined. I agree with that. I, Dude, it's like I, I don't get why everybody who's the functional people and who are the, the reflexive people out there don't see this shit. I think it's because they can't handle squatting heavy. <laughs> Deep down inside, they were the people like me that when they would put a heavy weight on their back, they're like, ah, this hurts. <laughs> nah. 
I envy all those people who put the big heavy bar in it. They can actually stand it up. <laughs> I'm fearless going under it, but like yeah, I just lack the ability. Just, I'm just, just like, just stand it up. <laughs> you know what I think some of that comes from? Riding a BMX bike when I was a kid. Wait, you think that hinders your ability? No, I think that's where the fearlessness oh, comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I wasn't even that good at that. No, but like, but that, that's... But like it was like, all right, you got to go jump off of this. Dude, and the f- when the you fir- fall, that hurts really bad. The first time I <laughs> fell off my bike after doing ramps in Leesport, dude, right... You have no idea where this is, but there was a freaking railroad tracks, goes down, goes up a hill, and there's yeah. a sick ramp there. I smashed, not my... Not my testicles, but like the, like the taint, dude. <laughs> I was black and blue, taint. yes, for like five <laughs> days, and I remembered thinking like, why do people like? There's guys that ride BMX, and this is when like the X Games first came out. Yeah, and these these guys would jump up and do like backflips and stuff. So yeah. to your point, yes, they're insane. It's just they're like pole vaulters. These people are. In, there's yeah. something wrong with them. They're not normal. Yeah, in a good way, Ron. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> All right, let's go to the audience questions. PMMR pickles. I wish it said ASMR pickles. <laughs> I would have, I would have liked that more. And then and now I just have this picture of someone eating pickles. Real. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <that's> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it would be even funnier if they had a gastroenteritis, and then they c- you'd hear their stomach growling oh, when the seeds yeah. passed. I, yeah. I wouldn't want that pain on anyone, yeah. but still, that idea. All right, I've always been interested in habits formed outside of dedicated strength training exercise that ultimately aid in performance. I don't know if that's quite a question, but it sounds like what are things I can do to get strong outside of strength training? That's how I'm going to reword it, even if I'm wrong. Sorry, ASMR pickles. Strong outside strength training? Yeah. Carry five-gallon buckets of water. Yeah. Yeah. Go work on a farm. Yeah, yeah. I'm running hills, uh, uh, jumping, uh, carrying logs. Um, Pick things up and put them. Yeah, down. just do like really <laughs> hard labor, dude. One thing I think that as always, my brother and I were talking work about at this. a beer distributor. Yeah, well, working at a beer distributor, yeah, it's brutal. Trash men, same thing. Yeah, dude. the amount of tonnage that they pick up in a day, not a week, is insane. But one of the things my brother brought up is that my dad owned a sign company growing up. Uh-huh. And so we were in like seventh grade and he's he was essentially like a failed business person and sold it. Right. Uh, sold it to a bigger company in the area. But the signposts when they're stacked up are heavy. And uh-huh. my dad used to pay my brother and I to move like hundreds of these in our like right near where the old the original garage was okay so we'd have to move them because someone would come pick them up they cut them and then they then my dad would sit there and then he could bake signs and and then attach them and then we would deliver them but we would do this like twice a week and i still swear like that's partially why i'm like somewhat strong somewhat strong yeah i mean genetics too but also like just probably contributed to your strength endurance as well because you were probably doing it over the course of hours hours yeah versus as a as a as like a ten year old, it probably f- yeah. it felt like it was like twelve hours. It was probably like an hour and a half. All dads <laughs> out there listening, or mo- moms who have future hopes of their children being strong, or good at endurance sports and staying strong, have them lift things up and put them put in them w- other part of the yard <laughs> yeah. and bring it to another part. Yeah, over and, and over tell again. them to go do that for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and get chickens so they have to carry buckets of water yeah. to get the eggs. <laughs> All right. This is 
Oh, these are both from Reddit, too. El Medio Espanol. El me Yeah, I'm not good. I'm kind of bad at this. <laughs> if you haven't learned, when I see words for the first time and I read them, <laughs> I totally anglify them completely. <laughs> it, it's, it's just a thing I do. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, Jason probably put that one on there to laugh at me because yeah, he did chuckle yeah, back there. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> All right. What can be a good alternative if you don't have access to a sled? This is a good question. Or how can you mimic that movement exercise without a sled? Yeah, how can I? Uh, I really like, uh, I told Jason this this morning, actually, uh, running up a hill backwards. Okay. Um, band, band around the back of your knee like a Spanish squat with your heels elevated, and you don't, uh, so you go like 15, almost like a Kang squat where you don't raise your chest, and then 15 Spanish squats. So okay. it's like, it would be similar to if you were like pulling forward, pulling backwards. Um it's funny he speaks of a sled. It It's a good question that I think needs to be answered. Push your car. Yes. <laughs> push your car is put very... It in, get a buddy, put it in neutral, and push it. So I had... The, when I first got my license, I had a Mazda 323 GLC Deluxe, this old blue Mazda that my grandma gave me. Um, We would pull it on my parents' road. My parents' road is, like, perfect for pulling cars. And at the time, this company, this oil company, had just bought the neighboring property. It was an old mushroom farm. And this guy who ends up like being a family friend now runs out because we're pulling a car on the road and starts pushing it because he thought that we were trying to kickstart it with it in <laughs> gear. And my buddy John was in the car steering while I'm pulling it. And John's like rolling the window down like, we don't need your help. And the guy's like, no, no, I got it. Don't worry, guys. I'll help you out. And we're like, no, we're pulling it. Like, not like I was in the front of the car. Like, I'm pulling it. And then we kickstart and he runs me over. Like, what are you doing? So, awesome. yeah, push your car. Yeah, push the car. That's the one piece of equipment I want for my garage is a sled. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make my awful wrestling child a push, push the sled. sled. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He's I mean, not as bad as I make it out. But for sure, wrestling, but sled sled works great. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's that one. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you join our subreddit and head over to garagestrength.com. Pick up any products that you need, including the Sports Performance Bible, who I co-authored with Earl Kunkel, two-time co-author of the year. Peace.